0: at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and
1: conditions apply. Previously on Who Killed Amy Mihaljevic, a 30-year retrospective.
2: Uh, we originally took the report as a missing person, and we have changed it now, uh, acting on the assumption that she may have been abducted. This a shock. We're a very quiet, uh, safe community. And when something like this happens, it just uh, seems unbelievable. What went on uh, was a ploy that was developed and carried through, and it looked like a natural uh, action going on. It didn't look out of the ordinary at all. If anybody has seen her get into a vehicle, we need—I think—that would help uh, quite a bit. We also have reason to believe that Amy left with that individual from that location and went to another area where they may have gone shopping, and that would be a mall or a shopping center somewhere in the area. We have had thousands of suspects called in to our department. Viewing all her classmates at this time, trying to get as much information as we can relative to what they saw and what they heard her say. Whoever did this was preying on, you know, this little girl and the love of her mother. Early this afternoon, an anonymous caller told the FBI Amy had been dropped off at Euclid Square Mall in front of the Florsheim shoe store. Within minutes, the mall was crawling with police. They searched inside and outside, but no Amy. I just want to you know, reach out and put my arms around her and give her a hug. My instincts told me the searches wouldn't produce anything. That was just my instincts. I know they had to go through that as a part of the process. We have come to find out there was absolutely nothing regarding choir after school on Friday. Um, I I don't have any other information. By six, Margaret called police to report
1: Amy as missing. Tonight, Bay Village parents are keeping a watchful eye on their trick-or-treaters. It's kind of scary to think what happened. I'm glad we have our parents with us.
2: Anybody who knew Margaret well to contact us, there are things that we would love to ask Margaret that maybe Margaret would know. We're hoping that by having people who know Margaret well reach out to us that we can ask them some of those questions we would, uh, you know, ask Margaret. And
1: rather than not talking about it, we are being extremely open about it.
2: Not that we're uh, TV stars or people that speak in public or anything like that. You just do it because it's part of your life out there. that's We need to get back back home. For something like this to happen in a community that is seen as safe where people go to live to be safe. I think that kind of um, situation hit home with a lot of people. For something like this to happen in a community that is seen as safe, where people go to live to be safe, I think that kind of um, situation hit home with a lot of people.
1: Live in Bay Village, Tracy Carlos, News 5.
2: Later,
0: now, um, I, let, let's stay on this for a little bit because there's a couple things that are interesting to me here. One, I saw somewhere, where somebody very quickly shot down the grand Prix or grand dam idea. And this is just an armchair detective. They said, um, why the hell? Because one of the stories that's out there is that Rick says he saw a man spoke to a man. Mm -hmm. Stop me if I'm wrong. Um, spoke to a man and there was a little girl in the back seat. Now, Whatever vehicle, I, can't, I, I get the Grand Am and Grand Prix mixed up, but regardless of which one it is, one of those vehicles is a two-door vehicle, not a four-door, and I believe he was, des- he was describing the two-door vehicle, not the four-door, to which the armchair detective then very quickly shot down this whole idea of it possibly being true, saying, why the hell would the abductor put the kid in the back seat? Well, Duh. Uh, why wouldn't you, uh, it, it prevents the child from fleeing. It prevents the child from running away, from getting away from you more so than if you left her in the, in the passenger seat where there's a door that she can access. Um, so uh, let's not shoot that down so quick. And then you said a van, which would be very interesting to me because I'm currently, um, you know, I've been, Revisiting some of the suspects in this in Amy's case, and that's what I'm we're going to do on True Crime Garage. We're going to discuss some of these suspects in depth. And one person that keeps that I keep pulling off of the show that 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 may or may not make it on the show is an individual that very likely would have been driving a van at this time. The van's weird for me when you and I spoke. A few weeks ago, I already had this person in mind. And you said, uh, is there anything that you'd like to ask Spetzel? And Mm -hmm. I wanted to get the general dimensions of the curtain that they released twenty-six years after the fact. Um but from from watching it on TV and seeing it in the paper, it's very obvious to me that the the curtain was almost as tall as a as a regular person probably five foot or so um but at the time i was pondering the idea if the curtain could have been from a van um if it would have been a shorter you know shorter than what it looked on tv shorter than what it looked in the paper um you know some people people that that do that work out of vans a lot of times you only have the windows in the front and in the very back right sometimes they will they will cover those those windows or put up curtains uh, that they can move and close and uh, so forth and so on. One, just so that a potential thief doesn't see expensive items in the van and they're not provoked to bust out that window and steal the stuff that you have out of there. Also, there are, you know, if so, a, a van curtain would be weird. It, that would have been would have been very strange because that would have put some other things into play here with this perpetrator. Because one thing we've talked about is that he would have wanted privacy. He would have chose Friday for the abduction for a purpose because he doesn't have to be anywhere on Saturday. He doesn't have to be accounted for that Friday night. Um, If the guy has a van with curtains in it and and those curtains, uh, that gives him some different that gives him some different movement possibilities that gives him some different uh, privacy possibilities as well. Do you have any kind of idea or description of uh, the van or are you just saying van? So
1: no, I was just saying the van, but the three foot by five foot was the dimension of the curtain that he had. Mentioned. Yeah. So
0: five foot tall, three yeah. foot wide.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that would, I would make sense. I mean, you could, you could put it in a van it's not like it's impractical or even have it covering up the windows but
0: yeah seems unlikely with the length of it though yeah um, but Spetzel said something very in- and you did a fantastic job on your interview with him by the way i thought that was um you know he he's oh, he's interesting to listen to anyway but i thought the line of questioning was great and i think that part of that is one your your style and two this wasn't the first time you spoke with him. And I think Spetzel, Spetzel, like any good police chief puts up a natural wall. Mm -hmm. And I think that you've, you've built a relationship and we're able to ask him some things and get him to open up on some things that he may not have with other people on a first time talk or a second time talk. Um, But Spetzel said the, in regards to the curtain is he believes there's a match out there.
1: Yes. That's that yeah
0: that's very interesting because that's something i never thought of and um he's absolutely right given that it's only three foot wide Mm -hmm. now it it could have been something
1: like a small closet cover but
0: we've we've talked about this because it would have been it would it would naturally fit uh a doorway Mm -hmm. or, or a closet like you said um but if you were trying to if you were trying to use it for the purpose of anything larger than that, it would have a match. There would be Absolutely. two. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, there would be two. So somebody out there has one and has that. I mean, that is pretty much why they put that curtain out there. Now the one other thing that I did find interesting in my conversation with Spetzel was that there was not dog hair found on the blanket.
0: Right. Right.
1: And I was under the impression that it had been. So um
0: well, I guess, I guess everybody just assumed that when they said there were hairs and fibers found on, yeah, I almost feel like, I don't, I want to say that they worded it in a way that you would believe them to have been found on both items.
1: That's why but, I, I believed that I knows? thought, but I mean, I'd have to go back and listen to the press conference again, but yeah, that was, that part kind of surprised me. But again, uh, you know, like he, said it's a wind tunnel down there who knows where that came from it could have had nothing to do with her case but he said he also followed that up with don't forget that it could have been out in the elements for that whole period of time and think about how many days of rain and snow would have destroyed all the dna that would have been you know on her. other than the hairs that they've found
0: right
1: so you know it's it's not shocking that they weren't able to, to get any usable DNA because her body was there for so long. Or so decomposed, at least.
0: Do you dislike that they waited 10 years to release the items that she was carrying that were not found? Do you dislike that they waited 26 years to release the curtain and blanket information?
1: I'm not, I mean, a, fa- I'm not a fan of... I'm not a fan of it, but again, I think with the blanket, the way that the, the, you know, and I'm not trying to be, to carry anybody's water, but you know, the way that they s- said it to me and explained it to me, was in 89, if you would have sent in a bag or 1990 sent a shipping container full of stuff to the FBI, they would have told you to go pick bricks because they didn't have enough right. manpower to to go through all that stuff, nor did they have the technology to connect DNA. I mean, the DNA wasn't even being used yet in cases. So it was still a new technology. People were collecting hair samples and, you know, certain, you know, certain sciences that aren't practiced much anymore, junk science stuff. Um, But I, I don't know. I don't know where I was Well, going. here's the thing. Just, I want to
0: say that I I I don't mean to claim that we're we're criticizing Bay Village police. Department.
1: Oh, be, absolutely not.
0: Because because here's the thing that we got to keep in mind. They were relying on FBI resources for testing purposes of those items the FBI was here and actively working the case. The FBI might have been straight up the ones saying, all right, these are the items we're gonna prioritize. These are the items we're not going to prioritize. It may not have even been up to Bay Village Police Department at all. So when we sound like we're being critical, uh, I, I ask that question as a reference to all involved, not Spetzel, not, Spetzl, not the, the police department uh, specifically.
1: Yeah. And then that kind of goes back to what I was saying about the, you know, having so many cooks in the kitchen and, you know, you do have the FBI, you know, you got to figure when the FBI rolls in and you are, you are a small department, you are going to take a lot of your advice from the FBI. And if the FBI is telling you, no, you know, we got to prioritize this, that or the other, or. You know they're the ones that also probably made the call about releasing the sketch because there was pushback from the Bay Village police on that, but again, they didn't have much to go on, so they had to release it anyway well and the
0: and the famous the one that I refer to as the famous composite uh flyer that was released to everybody and on the news, the one that everybody remembers to this day was an f b i sketch artist um and here's the thing we got to keep in mind too it was known it was a known abduction it wasn't like there was a question about it that's why the fbi got involved within the first 24 hours mm-hmm. it was known to be an abduction which in, in in is a federal crime is a federal jurisdiction they may have had the lead on this case from you know or early on or from time to time or for the whole thing who knows um and it's not, it's not Spetzel's job, or the FBI's job, or Dick Wren's job, or anybody's job to explain to us the chain of command no. on this whole thing. Um, I, where, okay, let's. I, well, I never, I never
1: really answered your question though about being frustrated over the ten years, right? Twenty six years. Again, I give them the benefit of the doubt in the sense that they probably were just following orders as far as what they were capable of doing. And I'm sure the FBI did do what they could to get whatever they had tested, tested in the manners that they had back. I mean, I remember looking at cases back from, I mean, even the sixties and seventies where they used like lasers and stuff to look over bodies for fingerprints. And I mean, there were bizarre ways that they would go about examining certain Bodies and stuff like that, or certain evidence, I should say, and yeah. it. So, I wish they would have the the ten year profile and the ten year article. I think from it was from definitely from Cleveland Magazine. And I believe the writer was Tom Kelly, and he, you know, broke it down. Basically, it's one of the best pieces on the Amy case. Oh yeah, it really tells the story really well, and it. it I believe it's even titled who killed Amy. So um, it's in there that they released the pictures of the, you know, the earrings and the boots and the, and the, the binder that wasn't found. I do wish they would have at least released maybe one of those items sooner. But again, I
0: would have released the binder. I think it was so unique. Yeah. Yeah. I think the earrings, I would have held that back as long as possible the boots i would have held that back do you remember did they even did they even give a description of her book bag early on within the first couple of days
1: yeah it, it, it's actually it is in the uh it's in the description underneath like if i sent you the amy flyer they, it's still on the fbi's website right now uh you can look it up and there is a description i think it was just like a denim backpack or something like that
0: right and I, I understand that it wasn't one of a kind or even a rare item at all but um
1: but it was mentioned yeah because i remember being yeah. questionable questioning like why wouldn't yeah. they, you know whatever happened to the backpack and then i you know i followed it up some you know, a listener actually called me out on it was like well don't ask the author about it ask the cop <laughs> I, was so, <laughs> I was like yeah, that's a good point so yeah when i asked i asked special, you know, about the backpack and. Yeah, they had released it, but they didn't put it in picture form because it wasn't in their opinion. And it may not have been their opinion, but, you know, they didn't find it unique enough to put it out out there. And I can recall even thinking back, though, to like when I was a kid, I do remember girls carrying those denim backpacks, like the bleach whitewashed jean backpacks or denim backpacks. Like I can picture it in my head.
0: But yeah, but I'm glad that they released that immediately because even though it's not a uh, one-of-a-kind or a rare item, it's also the way you describe it and the way what you just said is perfect. That's why you released the description of that item because you just described it as being a quote-unquote girl's backpack. You know, anybody, a boy, a boy, man or woman would look at that backpack and assume it to be a girl. So if I'm a 35 year old man with no children and I got that backpack in my possession, well, that seems weird.
1: Yeah, it definitely wouldn't have been something that you would have kept kept around or would have been out of place for sure. And I do recall them, you know, the full description of the clothing, they had all that stuff out there so fast. I mean, I have all right. the old news clips and it, you know, they really did their due diligence as far as trying to get the public. I just think, I think what happened maybe, and we've discussed this before. And I think we talked about it when we were at crime con, I think, you know, and Spetzel believes this too, as far as, you know, he, and you believe this as well. I think that the guy had intended to maybe build a relationship with her and that, he could potentially have a friend of that age, you know, friend air quotes. And it did not by any means go the way that he had anticipated. And that's why she was probably killed within the first 12 hours of when she was abducted. So. uh, Yeah.
0: I, I believe that um, for the most part, unless Unless it was a specific there's a couple of suspects that I have on my list, and um two of them wouldn't have cared to even attempted to make a relationship once once she got in that vehicle, She's she done. was theirs yeah um and, and I, I, well, or at the very least would have been assaulted and d- dropped off somewhere um sure. but both of these are individuals that have priors.
1: Uh, and before that, we get into that, the stab wounds, I asked about the stab wounds because if this was a crime of, you know, impulse, like I had, I think I showed you a demonstration when we were at your meet and greet, the crime scene yeah. about, you know, they don't believe the blunt force trauma was enough to kill her, but it was the stab wounds that were obviously that cut her carotid artery and she bled out so those were two he said since her body was so decomposed it was hard to tell how damaging or how thick and deep those wounds went but it was about an inch and a half so um you know that's just again that's just in more of the theory of he had to do it on the spot and Sort of like the Wetterling case, when you found out what happened to Jacob 27 years later, that he was shot like five minutes after he was taken, basically. I mean, it wasn't five minutes, but it was like within the hour. And, you know, that's where I.
0: The way that the autopsy reads and the way that that the attack sounds, it it had to have played out where it was reactionary. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed.
0: It, like you said, I, I, it could be impulsive. It could be an impulse, um, but definitely reactionary to the point where she was fighting back or not going along with whatever he wanted at that moment. And that's when he killed her. And I think that's a big part of why a lot of people wonder if if this is just straight up a one-off right and you know i've i have been critical of robert wrestler for basically saying without saying that billy strunak killed amy mihalovic because there's never been another crime like that on the books in bay village since then and he's dead um meaning billy strunak is dead
1: Mm -hmm. Um, well wrestlers dead too
0: right that's why i wanted to be to specify but um I think that, I think that wrestler looked at a lot of these uh, had done so many of these types of crimes that I think he absolutely believed that this person would have done this again and again and again. And he may have just been wrong on that. And uh, if he was right, then maybe it was Billy Strunek. But uh, I think that if, if he, if it wasn't Billy Strunek, it's very likely that this person Never did this again, and what I mean is, there he could be guilty of other crimes, but never murdered,
1: right? Again. Yeah, yeah, he could absolutely be, you know, just uh, you know, one of those, um, yeah, you know, like he t- dipped his toe in the water, didn't like the way it felt, and unfortunately, he killed a little girl in the process and then scared himself straight, if that's the case. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, did you I mean you've looked over the the autopsy report. I mean, did you see anything in there that was, you know, unusual or
0: well, I don't know this to the joke that I like to say on my show is I don't know science.
1: You know um, you know computer because you went to school for that. <laughs>
0: right, right. I know your show well um, enough to do, to know that. But <laughs> the uh I'm not going to pretend to understand science or anything like that uh, here at this moment, but there was ethanol. Um, am I right? There was, I'm not looking at the autopsy right now, but um, I believe there was a very small trace amount of ethanol in her system. And again, I don't understand how the body decomposes. I don't understand what gases would form inside a body. Um, but that to me seemed strange um Are you pulling it up?
1: yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure out which what I named it but yeah the uh i'm
0: gonna I'm gonna find it too <clears throat>
1: Let's see.
0: and I believe it's on the last page,
1: yeah, with all the
0: yeah, ethanol um. Zero point zero
1: two. Hmm. That's you like, see that on page.
0: Yeah. Uh, on, yeah. Report of toxicology laboratory findings. Um, none detected, none detected, none detected on a whole bunch of stuff here. And then, then zero point zero two on ethanol. I, I knew. I failed to do this, but I've said it to you at one point, I was going to find somebody that could answer that question for us. Right. Is that because I have reviewed enough of these autopsy reports that that's, I've seen several of them that, that are zero, that none detected for ethanol.
1: Yeah. Um, like, like you're wondering if that, it's a natural part of decomposition or something like that.
0: Right. And I do want, I do want the layperson out there to understand that, if you look at two autopsies from different counties, none of these reports. There's not like a template. Mm-hmm. There doesn't seem to be a template where they're all following the same, uh, filling out the same report. Uh, Agreed. They're all they're all very different. I've seen autopsy reports that are two pages long. I've seen some that are thirty pages long, um, and so I can't be handed an autopsy report and know. 100% if it is complete, if I'm getting the complete document. But here we have, what, nine pages, I think? Mm-hmm. Or no, seven. Um, but yeah, so there is ethanol detected. Now, that would mean that a possibility could be um, alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. Um, alcohol in her system. And that kind of plays into the idea of Well, maybe we could have a relationship or maybe we could create a friendship in this one meeting here. Um, It's very, very common for child molesters and child abusers to supply alcohol or give alcohol knowingly or unknowingly to a child Mm -hmm. to bring down their inhibitions or to make them more compliant uh to what they're about to attempt to do so you almost wonder is it like all right and i'm going to play out this kind of scenario here for you this is not and no but nobody listening to this i i I have this dumb thing that i do where I, i i like want to remind myself to remind everybody that uh to pretend that somebody's listening to this for the very first time. I think that if somebody's listening to this conversation, they know plenty about the Amy case. But just a quick reminder, it was not a abduction where it's a snatch and grab where the child's screaming and yelling. It was not a violent abduction. From what we have, the information we have, it sounds like the man very calmly walked up to Amy, spoke to her briefly, and then she very willingly walked away with him. And if we take it from there, let's take it from there. Play out the scenario for you. She willingly walks with me, willingly gets into my vehicle. At some point, we're having a conversation to which I learn that she usually calls mom every day after school. I say, "Well, no problem. I'm going to let you make that phone call." But I'm not going to say that to her that way. I'm not going to say, "I'm going to let you make that phone call." I'll go, "Oh, no problem. Let's. Uh, we can make that phone call." Remember, he got her there under a ruse. He got her there under false pretenses. So very likely, he's continuing to lie to her to keep this going, even when he's face to face with her. So no matter where I told her we were going to go to buy that gift, it's very quick. Oh, shit, I forgot my wallet at home. We need to swing by my place real quick. Or uh, I need to pick up money from this location. She's a child. You can you can create a, a scenario for her, a believable scenario that there has to be a, a point B. There has to be a stopping location before we get to where I told you we were going. And she could still be compliant. She could still be believing the ruse at this point. Mm-hmm. And you can go, oh well, we'll make the. You have to call your mom. We'll call. We'll call when we get here because I have to stop for this purpose anyway. Uh, okay. You call her there. Amy makes the phone call and it's after the phone call. Now we're already at this secondary location to which I'm going, Oh, uh, would you like something to drink? Would you like some juice? Would you like a soda? I've already put a little bit of alcohol in there uh, for the kid. And then at some point, as the, as the hours drag on, Amy figures out this guy isn't who he says he is. We're not going shopping. We're not buying a gift for my mom. And she is no longer compliant with the whole ruse, no longer playing along with this, this scenario that he's created for her. And she decides to fight back, and he reacts to her fighting back, and, and she ends up dead. Um, that's, not, that's not terribly unlikely that could very well be how the whole thing played out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at, you know, this, uh, I'm just looking at the coroner's report and, you know, I'm not going to get too graphic, but as far as the wounds go, um, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. I mean, it definitely, uh, she would have died pretty quickly with the wounds that she was given. Cause it, says it was the one wound on her neck was three and a half inches in length as in was an inch and a half deep so that is just crazy Yeah. Yeah, the whole report itself. I mean, again, I didn't go to school for medicine. I'm I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one on television. But it is definitely what. <laughs> it's definitely unusual, and I, and I did not stay at a Holiday in Express last night. No. <laughs> so, um, there,
0: there was some damage to the hyoid bone.
1: Yes, there was, and so
0: you you wonder was that from the force of the stabs mm-hmm. or was there an attempt at choking either before or after the stab wounds? Cause it was the stab wounds that killed her, not the blunt force trauma to the head.
1: Right. Uh, and it was, it could left... happened
0: about the same time. Yeah.
1: And it was her left, the left side of her hyoid bone. So, and the same, right. same thing with her neck. And that sort of follows the, the theory that I.
0: That he's right-handed.
1: That he's right-handed, one, and that he was driving the car.
0: That does, yes, both of those work.
1: In my sense. And and the way that the wound is described is that it's coming in a downward motion. So, you know, it, it, again, that's just my theory. I don't pretend to be a doctor or an investigator. I just, that just seems like the wounds sound like something. One, she's freaking the fuck out. And two, this needs to be controlled now. And this is how it's going to be controlled.
0: So, and then there was a post-mortem stab wound to the chest area.
1: And that one's weird.
0: Well, yeah, it's weird, but um, I'm going to take you to... Go ahead.
1: I was just going to ask you, do you think that was done to see if she was dead?
0: Yes. I don't like... I've I've heard some people put some artistic thought into... um, theatrical thought into why that was done. I'm going to reference a case that your listeners are very familiar with the, the uh, colonial parkway murders. Okay. In that first double homicide, there was overkill, but there was also like what would appear to be multiple attempts of killing a person different ways, almost like the killer was found themselves in a trial and error situation on the spot right like i'm murdering somebody i've never done it before i'm going to and and, and forgive me the details aside because this is probably wrong but i shoot stab choke whatever i'm just going to do whatever i've seen on tv until something works uh because i've never done this before and that's what i see with amy's situation blunt force trauma to the head stab wounds to the neck possible choking involved and then there's a post-mortem stab wound to the to the chest it's uh did i do this and did i do it right and is, is she actually dead that that almost goes to the the one-off situation as well
1: yeah I, I could definitely see that and if you look at the the report a little bit more deeply too you can see that there weren't any injuries to her uh
0: fingernails
1: no or um i'm trying to keep it as pc as possible There just there doesn't look like there was any sexual assault
0: right right there is and no and the se- there is
1: no injury to the external or internal film label. and
0: where, where the sexual assault idea comes up is that it appears she was redressed right um, and now i don't know because i've not seen the clothing her clothing and person that was found on her body when she, when she was found. But we do know that there's certain, a certain amount of damage to her body. If if I mean, there, there would have been a lot of blood wherever she was killed. There would have been a lot of blood. So if you find her and there's no blood or little blood on her clothing, then one could believe that she was undressed or or, um, or wearing very little clothing at the time of the murder, which would then, which then means there was some level of a sexual assault.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, yeah, I believe, and everybody believes that this was definitely a sexual, sexually motivated crime. I don't know if he ever got the opportunity to do anything.
0: The other thing too is, if she was wearing a shirt around that time, it would have been
1: covered. There
0: it would have been covered and there would have been a, a cut, a cut through the, the shirt as well for that, that stab wound to the chest.
1: That's good. Um,
0: and if you do, and if you read page two, now these are very brief descriptions, but nowhere in any of those descriptions, uh, do they say that there, well, here we go. There is dark red staining of the crotch of the pants. um, that is the only place on any of this clothing that in the report that it's that would lead you to believe that there was blood anywhere on the clothing so like her uh no no, no i'm wrong again the the sweatshirt is soiled by dark red blood
1: hmm. yeah i mean
0: so we don't know what that means. We don't know. We know that it's obviously there was some blood on the sweatshirt. We don't know. We can't say if it was covered. We can't say if it was a small amount.
1: Yeah. I. You do, yeah. I, I definitely can't tell if that. See, if that was. Again, if if she had been assaulted, that would have been damaged. And I, I don't know. Um, i don't know this is i feel kind of gross talking about this
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i've you this conversation has led me to open and close this yeah file four times yeah um, and i think i'm going to close it and
1: yeah, we'll move for good, on
0: for good for a while.
1: Yeah, because we're not doctors, and we're not going to pretend to be doctors. And like, what, like, what the fuck do we know about that shit? Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm—I'll cut some of that stuff out because it's pointless. Yeah, I mean, you'll just, you'll clean that up. I'll cut that out mostly because we don't really say anything because we don't know anything about what the fuck do we know? We're fucking podcasters. The fuck? How the hell are we supposed to be able to decipher what a freaking uh, coroner's report supposed to be? But one question I wanted to ask you about Amy and being in Columbus and knowing that your father was in law enforcement, did that make the case? Did he approach you guys or did he approach, I'm sorry, let's cut that out. Uh, Having a father in law enforcement, did you feel like he was more aware of what was going on up here in Cleveland and he was, more conscientious of what you were up to down in Columbus because of that, or was that not something that ever came up?
0: So my father actually worked homicide cases and kidnappings and, you know, anything you can think of. Um, My father was on a smaller police force and from the way that I understand it, there were multiple detectives on the police force and each one of them kind of had their area of expertise. Okay. However, there was always a detective on call. And if you caught a call, it didn't matter if you were a burglary detective or a homicide detective or um, family relations detective or any, any different area of expertise that you can think of. It didn't matter if you caught the call when you were on call, that was your case. So even if you were a burglary detective and it was a homicide, that was your case. You worked it. Um, now, you, being a small department, you're going to work with the other detectives on the case, but you'd have the lead. Um, so he worked those types of cases. And this is a really long way of saying, no, we never had a conversation about that. Um, I remember. I remember some... Conversations that had to do with crimes or crime prevention, um, you know playing it safe, that kind of thing, I remember the conversations like that. I do, however, remember a time of hearing my parents discussing a uh, child abduction uh, like they you know they're in the other room kind of mm-hmm. thing, and I don't recall i would have been it would have been around the time that amy was abducted roughly i'm saying roughly because you know you and i are the same age and looking back to your childhood you can you can you can pile up two or three years and say that it was about the same time period um but i do recall at one point hearing my parents discussing the abduction of a child and i don't know if it was amy's i don't know if it was something they read in the newspaper or if it was something that was local but i recall one of them saying um should we talk to the kids about this? Hmm. And I remember my name coming up specifically because I was the oldest and um, one of them saying, well, we don't need to talk to Nick cause he's a boy. Um,
1: <laughs> and I, I don't know.
0: Yeah. And I don't, I don't know um, who said that or, or why, but it was, it was just something that I kind of laugh about. Um, and, and to be honest with you, whenever I overheard that, I thought that I remember thinking the same thing. Well, yeah, what do, what do I need to worry about? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a boy, not a girl. Um, but unfortunately you and I know that that doesn't really mean anything. Um, but it was, you know, it was the eighties was the early nineties. That's how we kind of thought back then. Um, yeah. Amy's case did not hit home as much here in Columbus. Like it did obviously up in Northeast Ohio. Um it it was in and out of the news from what I recall, but it wasn't, you know, Amy was Bay Village's child. Amy was Cleveland's child. It was northeastern Ohio's child. It wasn't uh central Ohio. And 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 I don't I don't say that to sound weird, but that's just the way that's just the way these things work. Um there are always well Usually, huge news in in the very immediate area because it's the threat level, right? That's that's uh, you know as much as the community wants to bring the child home, as much as the community wants to solve the case after we can't bring her home, um, it's also the immediate threat level is is the concern.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent, and I think that's probably why that they got everything out there so quickly, and you know, in Amy's case and. But it is one of those things that just come, it's just part of the times. I mean, 1989 news cycles, you had the, you maybe had a 10 o'clock news, but it wasn't like the 20, I mean, maybe CNN exists. I mean, CNN was around, but there wasn't the 24 hour news coverage that exists today. There wasn't a Nancy Grace out there, you know, promoting, you know, the capture of this, perpetrator you did have john walsh and you did have people that were doing those types of you know activities and you know you had mcgruff the dog and all that stuff Mm -hmm. but you know it's it's just for me growing up with it it definitely changed my life in a lot of ways but it also didn't in a lot of ways did it make me scared no but it did make me think maybe i'm not as safe as i thought i was yeah because yeah, like had... you said i was a boy and i was still a dumb boy you know i god i would be fine
0: well and i've had several people ask me you know he, learning of amy's abduction when you're 10 years old and she's 10 years old did that did that make you scared and you said it perfectly. No, it didn't make me afraid. It, what it made me was aware. Yes. Uh, it, it made me aware and it made me a little more mature
1: For in sure. the
0: fact that, you know, we, we said earlier, you know, once upon a time, I believed the good guys always won. And I believe that there were a lot of, almost everybody was a good guy. I Amy's abdu- Amy's abduction and then the finding of her body was a growing up moment for me that learning there's more bad guys out there than I thought. And they're closer to home than I thought.
1: Yeah. It was definitely the eye opener that, um, it it really was the loss of innocence. And I say that with, you know, knowing that it's a cliche of all cliches, but innocence was lost. And, you know, the family, unfortunately, Margaret passed away, but, you know, Mark and Jason are still around and Georgette, Mark's wife, you know, those they're lovely people and would absolutely want nothing more than to see closure for, for this case. And it's not closure for them. It's just, it's closing a chapter in a community and in a part of Ohio where this little girl, like you said, she, she was, it's even in the newscasts, from 1989 amy was our child amy was you know cleveland's child you're right and that's why the people from cleveland really gravitate to this podcast and your podcast on you know amy maholovic because everybody still wants answers anybody who grew up in this part of town or this area of ohio even Obviously, it's affected you. So, I mean, there is such a drive to find an answer, but it's just we don't have enough pieces of the puzzle to make the puzzle work.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a couple things we need. We need a person. Law enforcement seems to be very strong-minded that somebody out there knows that this person did this, did this specific crime um i lean more towards the idea that there's a person out there that is suspicious of somebody that that they i don't believe that this killer ac- actually confided in anybody and told them 100% that they killed amy Mahalovic. but i do believe that there's somebody out there that is suspicious of somebody and they know this person very well that they're suspicious of so we need that information one and then Two, another thing that could be important if you can't steer us to the person of interest, we need the other location there's a location there's a crime scene missing from the story. Um, we have the crime scene of the of her home of the of the invading phone call of the killer almost walking into her home and taking her out of there by using the phone. We have that crime scene. We know that here's the other thing too. We know that he knew some things, where where law enforcement say they believe that he is familiar enough with Bay Village to know some things, to feel comfortable there, but he's not from there because he would be recognized. This is somebody that had a general understanding of the middle school, of the shopping plaza, the distance between the two, and that Amy would have the ability to get there on her own. So this individual has some familiarity with Bay village, but, yeah. and, and but back-, back, back to the, back to the missing piece of the puzzle is we are missing another crime scene here. Uh, the, the shopping plaza is, is a crime scene. The, the County road 1181 crime scene, no doubt. Um, we're missing the place that she was held and or killed. Uh, and if those places are two different things, we're missing
1: two crime scenes. Yeah, because where's all the blood?
0: Right. And at the very least, we're we're missing a vehicle as well because uh, she was transported, obviously. She was picked up from the plaza. She ended up on County Road. Uh, we're missing a vehicle as well. So any of those things could help.
1: Yeah. So lead, us, I mean.
0: lead us to a crime scene, lead us to a person, lead us to a vehicle.
1: Yeah, it's up to the public at this point. I mean, the technology will hopefully get there, but, uh, you know, without the public's proactive approach, the case won't get solved, I don't think. I mean, unless somebody confesses on their deathbed, which rarely or, I mean, never happens, so I don't see that happening. But, you know, it's like one of those, if you saw something, please contact the Bay Village Police Department. I mean, four four zero eight seven one one two three four. It's not that difficult. You can even be anonymous. You don't even have to tell them your name. You can just say, hey, I think this might be something worth looking into. And just remember, their job is to follow up on leads, not to follow up with the tipsters. Right. So just because the lead was given and you didn't hear back does not mean that it wasn't taken seriously. That's something I would recommend to anybody who's calling in a tip on any case is that don't expect to call back from the police to say, Oh, we followed up on your lead unless they need something else from you. So right. it's not law enforcement giving you the cold shoulder. It's their job to go and investigate, not to keep the general public Aware of the case, the case's progress. Right. So, final thoughts, Nick.
0: Um. Well, my final thoughts are this, and I've seen this with a bazillion other cases. These anniversaries mean something to a lot of people. Unfortunately, they're a cold, evil reminder to the family. Um, so, my heart goes out to Mark and Jason. Uh, they're From, I've never met them in person, but certainly have seen them on TV and read about them enough and heard them in interviews enough, I almost feel like I know them. So my heart and my thoughts and prayers go out to them every day, but especially around the anniversary of her abduction and then again in February of next year. But these anniversaries also mean something to the general public that it's a reminder to the public to, that this isn't going to go away. And I'm glad that it's still in the news. I'm glad that it's still on TV. I'm glad that you are doing a, a podcast that is started off being dedicated to this, to this case. Um, so I am thankful that our, there are people out there reminding us that these things, because that's, that's one of the sadder points to me when reviewing these cases Some of them do go away, some of them disappear, and they never leave the hearts or minds or souls of the persons that they affected the most. But for everybody else, it's like it never happened at some point. It's like a fairy tale. Um, And Amy's situation is not that. And it hasn't been that for law enforcement either. So as sad as I am that it has been 30 years, there is, there is still some hope. There is hope in me and I am empowered by uh, when I hear Chief Spetzel talk about the investigation and talk about his thoughts and by your work and, and other people's work as well. So um, the, the anniversary, to sum it up the best, it, it it's a, it's a bad thing and it's a good thing. And I, I hope that it brings about what we need
1: yeah and i and i would follow that up with my final thought being that it is important for your show shows like mine to keep the public aware of these types of cases and i remember even commenting to chief spetzel like about the anniversary last year and kind of knocking it to a degree like it's sort of just a media trope to you know bring out the cameras and let's go talk to the family and but what it really does and this is from the words of the chief is that it does keep the public aware of the fact that the case has not been solved and right. just because Mark and Jason and Georgette they all know it hasn't been solved people forget people read wrestlers book they think okay well it was this guy or they uh-huh uh read Renner's book and think it's this guy or you know, whatever. it's just I've been told by the police that everybody who's been in the media has been thoroughly vetted. So they're still looking for the help of the public to get to the bottom of this case and there there is hope. You know, there's a lot of hope. And with the future of what Spetzel may be doing and you know what the future of the case, I mean you never know, I mean, it's just uh, I have hope that technology with the way that technology has improved from five years ago, I mean, just think about five years from now. I mean, right. we could be sitting here in a year talking about how it's already been solved. It could be solved in the next, I mean, like Torsney said, it could be solved today next week or you know a year, obviously, it's been over a year since I talked to him, so it didn't happen within the last year, unfortunately, but I do have hope that the people that are invested in this case and the family that they do and will continue to, you know, keep pursuing the killer and closure for this, uh, this disaster of a oh man, just, I mean, this is just such a tragedy. I just, I can't, I feel so bad for Mark and, I hate calling it an anniversary. Well not, I'm not going to call it an anniversary. It's just, it's a 30 year mark and it's 30 years too mo- too long that the case has gone unsolved. And I think that the public would really feel comfortable knowing that, you know, this person's locked up and you don't have to look over your shoulder and think maybe he's the guy that's coaching my kids or it's just, you want that peace of mind a little bit brought back. And I don't think that's ever going to come back fully for, for anybody, but um, to know that one more bad guys off the street and not hurting children would be the best scenario in my opinion. Right. Right. So thanks a lot, Nick. I really appreciate the time on the, all your, all your time on the Amy stuff. You really know your your case and uh i appreciate your show and if you haven't listened to nick's amy Maholovic shows check them out on true crime garage you can also check them out on the stitcher app which it has all of their backlog shows so you can go back to listen to the original Maholovic shows that you guys did as well as the recent ones that you're going to be doing this week I can't thank Nick from the True Crime Garage podcast enough for joining me once again on the Who Killed Amy Maholovic podcast and on this very special occasion. I will have one more episode to mark the 30-year milestone of Amy's case remaining unsolved with her father, Mark Maholovic. If you enjoy this independently produced podcast, You can support the show by clicking on the Donate button on the right-hand side of com, or via the Venmo app with my username at BillHuffman3. Any amount is appreciated, and it helps keep the show running. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. It will help keep Amy's story in the spotlight. If you'd like to stay up to date on the cases I've covered and the new shows that I have in the pipeline, please follow me on Twitter at BillHuffman3. If you have any new information, I beg you to contact the Bay Village Police Department at 440-871-1234. The FBI is still offering a reward of up to $25,000 for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the individual or individuals responsible for the death of Amy Renee Maholovic. So anyone with information concerning Amy's case, please contact the FBI at 1-800-CALL-FBI. And remember, you can always stay anonymous by calling Crime Stoppers. So thank you again for listening, and until next time, be safe.